instructor of the church when you're older. But when you're younger, there's like, you know, flower girls, you know, ring bearers, you know, for the little kids. And then you have altar boys and then choir girls and then, and then the choir for boys or, you know, a lot of things you can participate. flower girls only for marriage. You're right. Well, you know, you can't expect them to perform all the time. I mean, you see how lack of attention, ADHD they are. <laughs> I mean, they can't even do the flower girl correctly half the time. <laughs> they're just eating the stuff, or they're putting it over their heads, or they're, you know, chasing the dog down the aisle. <laughs> I never encountered that. Thing. Yeah, well, I, I would. I was trying to make you one, but we could never catch somebody's wedding on time. So, oh well. I did it past the age of an ultra-bicycle. Well, you gotta, right? You gotta be old enough, and then the person getting married wants, gotta be wanting you at the same time, so, you know, it's a hard match. I saw an altar boy at mass. You remember seeing him? Uh, let's see. Well, there was Gojin, and I think they got the little girl. No, they, I meant they, this they, mass, like yesterday mass, when we missed it. Remember the 7.30 mass? Cause there was like, a kid on the, on the altar, so. Were there? Yeah, there was. What was he doing? I don't know, but he was wearing like a deacon, like... Altar boy! The guy who rings the bell! That's it? Yeah. Okay, no, like, he, no, that kid looked younger than me. Well, that's right! Boy! Then assistant. What? How's that work? Like, is it only on occasion? It's every mass! Don't you see it uh, on Divine Mercy Channel? Sometimes they're old people, There's sometimes they're other priests. Anybody can do it. They just need an assistant. It's an office. Office is the role. It must be filled by somebody. Uh, so if you have young people who are able to fill it, and then if you don't, whatever. You know what? Somebody's uh, got to do it. What about you at St. Anthony get that water? <laughs> okay, are we going to do vocation reading first, or are we going to go get water first? You can read anytime. You're just asking me way too many questions at the same time. Hey, Anthony, you want to get ready to get the water from this? Right now? Yes. Uh, like, right, right now. Oh. Good morning, dear diary. Today is 1119-2022. What are we going to do today? Well, today, we've done a lot already. Um, I recommend, what did I watch today? Uh, this new channel, she was so awesome, I woke up with her. Journey Deeper on YouTube. Today's Novena to Christ the King, day one. Oh, it's 45 minutes, but I was like, I'll just give it five minutes, and I stay for the whole thing. She's so lovely, her voice is awesome. Thank you so much. I love the prayer today. It was awesome. Thank you. We pray for Journey Deeper. And then, since it's too early for Mass, which I think Mass is now. Okay, we'll go back to that after this. Divine Mercy 101. It was two years ago. I read, I, this is my like third time watching it, maybe. Second time, maybe. Anyway, I'm taking notes this time, which leads me to cheers. Okay, finally, right? Because I'd be visiting with my boys pints with Aquinas, right, back then, and they were so cool. I love their bobbleheads. You're awesome. I'll go find your channel later. But in the meantime, we're gonna chill with Exitus Reditus. 
Who said that? <gasps> what? Okay, great. Dominique, woof, woof, who let the doji out? Dominicana. Journal. D-O-M-I-N-I-C-A-N-A, can you? Journal.org. Org. Or Tom. We're praying for Tom. My um, prom date. Yeah. Why Thomism? Because why not Thomism? He was too tall for me. If you want the backstory, um, me and my husband, we met like, <laughs> we were like on and off, on and off, right? Because he was Viet and I'm not, I'm Chin, right? So anyways, we're not, my mom was like, you're never going to marry somebody outside the Chin. I'm like, okay, great. I'm going to have a, you know, sharp chin, double chin on my life, right? <laughs> sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. I just, I, I, I have a habit of seeing people's chins and I'm like, what? Never mind. Okay. On Thomism. Yeah, Tom is tall, very, very tall. And we had one dance. And my best friend in high school, she was like, you can't go to prom alone. You know. So I was like, and then he wouldn't go with me. And I had no, I didn't want to go with anybody. I just wanted to go with my friends, right? And chill and dance, whatever. <laughs> but she was like, we're all going to go. We're going to rent a limousine. We're going to, you know, all wear gloves. And we're going to, you know, all look. I'm like, okay, great. She's my best friend. I'm like, okay, great. <laughs> Let's just do it. Whatever. She's my only friend. And <laughs> she's Viet. So she was like, well, Tom's not going with anyone. Why don't y'all just go together and be like friends? I'm like, okay, cool. That's, that's cool. Okay. So me and Tom have a dance. And Tom is too tall. Tom. I'm like holding my two hands on his shoulders. And by the end of the five-minute dance, all the blood in my arms have drained away. And I'm like, they're numb. I'm like, can we, can we sit this one out? <laughs> he didn't really want to dance anyways. So yeah, I only had one dance at my prom. You got the funny story now? Okay, great. Let's continue. Why Thomism? Tom wanted to be a priest. I love Tom. We'll tell about Tom's story later. No worries. Why Thomism? Are you asking that? It's, it's like asking, why Shakespeare? Huh? Yeah. Spell out all the reasons for reading The Bard, which I've never heard of. You'll hit upon most of the reasons for reading English literature. Okay. So, two, describe all the ways in which the angelic doctor repays study. Right? Okay, great. And you'll come close to showing why theology. Theo. What's up, Theo? I love Theo. In general, is worthwhile. This in itself is suggestive of one of the great virtues of St. Thomas's thought, namely, its breadth or comprehensiveness. Most theologians make one or two topics their specialty, pigeonholed, and then branch out from there so that wherever you are in we are in their oeuvre, 
we notice a bias or bend in their thinking, always tilting back toward one or the other of those favorite themes. Yeah, it's kind of like watching Jackie Chan and Jet Li, yeah, right? Like, they always try to get out of that pigeonhole character that the directors want to put them in. Yeah, but they can't. Okay, great. Thomas, by contrast, like, Jackie Chan can't get out of being funny, you know, and Jet Li can't get out of being like, you know, like, even in the one, he goes back to his wushu, yeah. Thomas, by contrast, presents the whole of sacred script doctrine in such a way that no element usurps the place of another. That's why when the two of them were in Forbidden Kingdom, they couldn't, right? They're always, like, dueling. That's their only movie together. They don't like working together. Interesting. That's why I like Donnie Yen, but I haven't met any of them. Anyway. Each one duly proportioned to each. And incredibly, he does this without sacrificing depth or detail or analytical rigor. He has a profound interest in the nitty-gritty, not in spite of the fact that he sees the big picture. Like, this describes me perfectly, but rather precisely because, for him, everything is connected. Oh yeah, six degrees. Or is it less now? I don't know. With the internet, it's just like, whatever. Needle and haystack. Truth is unified. Big haystack. Theology is a compendious whole. With a W. Embracing God and everything in relation to God. Indeed. For those inured to the balkanization of the modern academy... Dipping into St. Thomas can be both liberating and disorienting. It was like Asian poetry. Like exploring a huge castle after being confined for years to just one or two of its rooms. Ah, what a visual. Thank you. In this regard, we can apply to St. Thomas... What? Sherlock Holmes. I love Sherlock Holmes. You know, some people are so infatuated for Sherlock Holmes, they actually formed a club with the basis that he is actually a real person. He never existed, people. What Sherlock Holmes said of his brother, Mycroft, it was an author. But Sherlock Holmes is just a character. He never existed in that way. But there is one who did. Quote, all other men are specialists, but his specialism is omniscience, omniscience. Of course, Thomas himself would disapprove of such intemperate speech, but admitting the hyperbole, we might say that a certain degree of omniscience is merely a corollary, if you will, of the comprehensiveness we have just described. Okay, great. Enough big words. Thomas could put everything together because he knew practically everything there was to know, from scripture to Latin and Greek fathers of the church, from the pagan philosophers to the Jewish and Muslim thinkers. In fact, right, all the big theologians a principal benefit of reading St. Thomas is that he sums up so much of what came before him. Kiss it. 
sweet and simple. We, he not only enlightens, lit, but also educates, education, entertainment, and informs the reader. Since he approaches every question dialogically, dialogically, first stating objections, then citing an authority, see, reference, footnotes, then, asterisk, presenting his own position. Hey, what's up? And finally, replying to each objection. Mm -hmm. We necessarily learn a great deal about his interlocutor's opinions. Yay. One quickly discovers that just as Thomas receives truth from any quarter, right? Cameo from the Chosen. He's like, I don't want to go in that quarter, red quarter district, by whomever. <clears throat> Whose line is it anyway, right? Okay, quote, by whomever it is spoken, unquote. So he never refutes falsehood by recourse to a straw man. He can state opposing viewpoints so persuasively, often more persuasively than those who espouse them. One is sometimes left wondering how he will muster a reply. If all of this makes St. Thomas seem a bit intimidating, we hasten to add that his writings are by no means accessible only to experts, just as a great piece of music, art, or literature can be enjoyed, albeit on different levels, right? Just like when you're watching those workout videos and they give you three people, one's an amateur, one's an expert, and one's the host. By both, both connoisseur and layman, so the theology of the common doctor, CD, in fact, Thomas wrote his most mature work, the Summa Theologiae. Hey, listener, I think that's what we're going to read next. Bookmark for the instructor, instruction of beginners. It's a 101, people. Summa Theologiae, Theology 101. Let's go. But Summa, mm-hmm, it's brief prologue reveals what a passionate teacher he was. Here's a quote. We have noticed how students of sacred doctrine are greatly hindered by the writings of various authors, partly on account of the mode of multiplication of useless questions, articles, and arguments partly because the things we need to know are not taught according to the order of the subject matter, but rather according to the plan of the book or the occasion of the argument, partly too because frequent repetition brings wariness and confusion in the midst of readers. Thank you so much. I was just saying this to my son the other day. Wrong order causes confusion. All right, baby's awake. Bye-bye. We'll pick up.
the Summa Theologica, as in the treatise on Christology. Third part. Well, I found this first, so the other ones were like 4,000 pages. This one's like 400. So let's jump ahead and get a preview. What's up? Question XXVII 27 of the sanctification of the Blessed Virgin. Happy almost Advent. And then it's Aquinas time. Oh, yeah. Pint in, pitch in, whatever. Pint. In six articles. Oh, nice and succinct. Thank you. After the foregoing treaties of the union of God and man and the consequences thereof, it remains for us to consider what things the incarnate Son of God did or suffered in the human nature united to him. This consideration will be fourfold, for we shall consider one, those things that relate to his coming into the world. Nativity. Two, those things that relate to the course of his life in this world. His life. Three, his departure from this world. Savior. For those things that concern his exaltation after this life. Gloria. The first of these four the first of these offers four points of consideration. So that'd be like like one one. Okay. The conception of Christ, nativity, two, one, two, his birth, three, one, three, his circumcision, one, four, his baptism, concerning his conception, one, one, there are some points to be considered, one, 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 as to the mother who conceived him, one, one, two, as to the mode of his conception. 113. As to the perfection of the offspring conceived. On the part of the mother, 111. On the part of the mother, four points. One, 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 offer themselves to our consideration. One, 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 one. Her sanctification. One, 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 two. Her virginity. One, 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 three. Her espousals. One, 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 four. Her annunciation, or a.k.a. preparation for conception. Ooh, like four months to my monthly panda bear. Okay, concerning the first, there are six points of inquiry. Great. One, 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 one. Where it, whether 
the Blessed Virgin, Mother of God, was sanctified before her birth from the womb. One, 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 one. Two, whether she was sanctified before animation. Hmm. One, 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 three. Whether in virtue of this sanctification, the foams of sin was entirely taken away from her. One, 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 four. Whether the result of this sanctification was that she never sinned. One, 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 five. Whether in virtue of this sanctification, she received the fullness of grace. One, 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 six. Whether it was proper to her to be thus sanctified. And there's all the table of contents you need. We'll be right back with the first article, whether the Blessed Virgin was sanctified before her birth from the womb, which would be one, 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 one. Yeah, okay. First article, whether the Blessed Virgin was sanctified before her birth from the womb. We proceed thus to the first article, Objection 1. Oh, it seems that the Blessed Virgin was not sanctified before her birth from the womb. For the Apostles say in 1 Corinthians uh, 15.46 that that was not first, which is spiritual, but that which is natural, afterwards, that which is spiritual. What, chicken and egg question, is that what you're saying? But by sanctifying grace, man is born spiritually into a son of God, according to John I, 13, who are born of God. But at birth from the womb is a natural birth. Therefore, the Blessed Virgin was not sanctified before her birth from the womb. That's objection number one. Objection number two. Further, Augustine says in his letter to uh, Darna Dardanus, uh, the sanctification by which we become temples of God is not only those who are born again, but one who is born again, who is, but no one is born again who was not born previously. <laughs> Therefore, the Blessed Virgin is not sanctified before her birth from the womb. That was objection number two. Objection number three. Yet yeah, further, uh, whoever is sanctified by grace is cleansed from sin. So both original and actual. But no, 
If, therefore, the Blessed Virgin was sanctified before her birth from the wound, it follows that she was then cleansed from original sin. Now, nothing but original sin could hinder her from entering the heavenly kingdom. If, therefore, she had died then, it seems that she would have entered the gates of heaven. But this is not possible before the passion of Christ, according to the apostle in Hebrews ten nineteen. We have, or having in Vulgate, therefore a confidence in the entering into the holies by his blood. So, it seems, therefore, that the Blessed Virgin was not sanctified before her birth from the womb. That was objection number three. Last objection, number four. Oh, yeah. Furthermore, original sin is counteract, contracted. Original sin is contracted through the origin. Yeah, original sin contracted through the origin. Yeah, uh, just as actual sin is contracted uh, through an act. Yeah. <laughs> but as long as one is in the act of sinning, one cannot be cleansed from original sin. Therefore, neither could be the Blessed Virgin be cleansed from original sin as long as she was in the act of origin. Yeah. By existence in her mother's womb. Uh, oh, you're going to talk about her mother? Mm -mm -mm. End of objection number four. All right, here it is. On the contrary, all right, this is what, this what, this what Tom says. The church celebrates the feast of Our Lady's Nativity. Now, the church does not celebrate feasts except of those who are holy. Therefore, even in her birth, the Blessed Virgin was holy. Therefore, she was sanctified in the womb. You want my answer? I answer that nothing is handed down in the canonical scriptures concerning the sanctification of the Blessed Mary as to her being sanctified in the womb. Indeed, they do not even mention her birth. But as Augustine, since you like to quote him so much, in his tractate on the Assumption of the Virgin, argues with reason, since her body was assumed into heaven, and yet scripture does not relate this, so it may be reasonably argued that she was sanctified in the womb. For it is reasonable to believe that she, who brought forth the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth, received greater privileges of grace than all others. Hence we read in Luke 1, 28, that the angel addressed her in the words, come on, you know this, 
Hail! Football terminology here, are we? Hail! Full of grace. Exclamation mark. Moreover, you want more? Here, here's another one. It is to be observed that it was granted by way of privilege to others to be sanctified in the womb. For instance, in Jeremiah's, to whom it was said, you know, Jeremiah 1 5, before thou comest forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. You want another one? All right, John the Baptist, Luke 1 15, he said, He shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. It is therefore with reason that we believe that the Blessed Virgin to have been sanctified before her birth from the womb. All right. Mr. Objection number one, come, come over here. Come over here. Come here. Come here. Here's my reply to you, Mr. Objection number one. Even in the Blessed Virgin, there was that which is natural and afterwards that which is spiritual. For she was first conceived in the flesh and afterwards sanctified in the spirit. Got? Okay. Number two, come here. Here's my reply to you, Mr. Objection number two. Augustine, since you like him so much, speaks according to the common law. Eh? By reason of which... No one is regenerated by the sacraments. <laughs> right. Save those who are previously born. You think? Hello. But God did not so limit his power to the law of the sacraments, but that he can bestow his grace by special privilege on some before they are born from the womb. Can you define omnipotence? Reply to Mr. Objection number three. Come here. The Blessed Virgin was sanctified in the womb from original sin as to the personal stain, but she was not free from the guilt to which the whole nature is subject. So as to enter into paradise otherwise than through the sacrifice of Christ. The same also is to be said of the holy fathers who lived before Christ. Reply to Mr. Objection number four. Original sin is transmitted through the origin, inasmuch as through the origin, the human nature is transmitted, and original sin, properly speaking, affects the nature, and this takes place 
when the offspring conceived is animated. Wherefore, nothing hinders the offspring conceived from being sanctified after animation. For the, after this, it remains in the mother's womb, not for the purpose of receiving human nature, but for a certain perfecting of that which it has already received. Uh, I would like to make a cite here of Superman the movie where the baby is in the capsule having everything it needed to, like, for his own journey. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, like a little pill, like, ready for delivery. Like, everything he needs is already in there. Like, he made it okay, you know. End of first article. End of one, 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 six. No, one. Yeah, five ones, okay. First article, whether the Blessed Virgin was sanctified before her birth from the womb. Any more questions? Nobody? Nobody? Okay. Let's come back with the... Second article, whether the Blessed Virgin was sanctified before animation. Yeah, we'll be right back. All right, do a second pint real quick here. Whether the Blessed Virgin was sanctified before animation. We proceed thus to the second article. Objection 1. It seems that the Blessed Virgin was sanctified before animation because, as we have stated in A1, more grace was bestowed on the Virgin Mother of God than on any saint. Now, it seems to have been granted to some to be sanctified before animation. For it is written in Jeremiah 1.5, Before I formed thee in the bowels of thy mother, I knew thee. And the soul is not infused before the formation of the body. Likewise, Ambrose says of John the Baptist, in comments in Luke one fifteen. As yet the spirit of life was not in him, and already he possessed the spirit of grace. Much more, therefore, could the Blessed Virgin be sanctified before animation. Okay, well, thanks, objector number one. Objector number two. Well, further, as uh, Anselm says in Deception de Conception Virgine, in uh, chapter uh, 18, it was fitting that this virgin should shine with such a purity that under God none greater can be imagined. 
Wherefore it is written in the Canticles of uh, paragraph of four seven, Thou art fair, O my love, and there is not a spot in thee. But the purity of the Blessed Virgin would have been greater if she had never been stained by the contagion of original sin. Therefore, it was granted to her to be sanctified before her flesh was animated. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, let's hear from Mr. Number 3. Well, further, uh, as it has been stated above, no feast is celebrated except of some saint, uh, but uh, some keep the feast of the conception of the Blessed Virgin. Therefore, it seems that there... In her very conception, she was holy, and hence that she was sanctified before animation. Yeah, that's that's what I say. You you guys have all kind of saying the same thing here. Okay, uh, Mister Number Four. Oh yeah. Uh, further, the apostle says in Romans, uh, what was it, eleven sixteen? If the root be holy, so are the branches. Now, the root of the children is their parents. Therefore, the Blessed Virgin uh, could be sanctified even in her parents before animation. Very good. Thank you so much, Mr. 1 through 4. Objections. Um, can I get On the Contrary by uh, St. Thomas? Sure. The things of the Old Testament were figures of the new. Like a silhouette, like a shadow, foreshadow. Yeah. Anyway, according to 1 Corinthians uh, 10, uh, 2, all things happened to them in figure. Well, figure that. Now, the sanctification of the tabernacle. Tabernacle of which it is written in Psalms, uh, XLV, what is that? I don't know. Five. The Most High hath sanctified his own tabernacle. Well, that seems to signify the sanctification of the Mother of God, don't you think? Who was called Mother of uh, God's who's called God's Tabernacle, right? Mother of God, God's Tabernacle, according to Psalms, XV1116. He hath set his tabernacle in the sun. S-U-N. But of the tabernacle, it is written in Exodus, XL3132, after all things were perfected, the cloud covered the tabernacle of the testimony. Like a veil in the Colorado mountains. And the glory of the Lord filled it. Therefore, also the Virgin Mary Oh, I'm sorry. Therefore, also, the Blessed Virgin was not sanctified until 
after all in her was perfected. Vis-a-vis -vis her soul, her body and soul. Okay, that's your contrary to the contrary evidence. Here's my answer. If you want my answer, here it is. I answer that the sanctification of the Blessed Virgin cannot be understood as having taken place before animation for two reasons. Here it is. First, because the sanctification of which we are speaking is nothing but the cleansing from original sin. For sanctification is a perfect cleansing, an italicized, perfect cleansing. That's what sanctification is? Yes. If you want to hear from me, say you're from Dionysus. In D-I-V-N-O-M, Divine Nomine, 12. Now, Sin cannot be taken away except by grace. The subject, of, it's like soap, people. The subject of which, in water, is the rational creature alone. Therefore, before the infusion of the rational soul, the Blessed Virgin was not sanctified. Got it? All right. Secondly, because since the rational creature alone can be the subject of sin, before the infusion of the rational soul, the offspring conceived is not liable to sin. And thus, in whatever manner the Blessed Virgin would have been sanctified, before animation, she could never have incurred the stain of original sin. And thus, she would not have needed redemption and salvation, which is by Christ, of whom it is written, Matthews one twenty one, He shall save his people from their sins. But this is unfitting through implying that Christ is not the Savior of all men. As he is called, 1 Timothy 4, 10, it remains, therefore, that the Blessed Virgin was sanctified after animation. All right, Mr. Objection number one, come here. I'm going to talk to you. Here's my reply to Mr. Objection number one. The Lord says that he knew... Jeremiah, before he was formed in the womb by knowledge, that is to say of predestination, but he says that he sanctified him not before formation, but after he came forth out of the womb, etc. Go do your homework. As to what Ambrose says vis-a-vis -vis that in John the Baptist there is not the spirit of life, when there was already the spirit of grace. By spirit of life, we're not to understand the life-giving soul, but the air 
which we breathe out. Respiratus, okay? Respiration, respiratus. Or it may be said that in him, as yet, there was not the spirit of life. That is, the soul. As to its manifestation and complete operations. Yeah. All right, Mr. Objection number two. Come here. He, he, Mr. Number one is going to think about it for a second. If the soul of the Blessed Virgin had never incurred the stain of original sin, Mr. Number two, this would be derogatory to the dignity of Christ. By reason of his being the universal savior of all. Consequently, after Christ, who, as the universal savior of all, needed not to be saved, the purity of the Blessed Virgin holds the highest place. For Christ did not contract original sin in any way whatever, but was holy in his very conception, according to Luke 1.35. The holy which should be born of thee shall be called the Son of God, unquote. But the Blessed Virgin did indeed contract original sin, but was cleansed therefrom before her birth from the womb. That is what is signified. Go read Job 3, 9, where it says, written of the night of the original sin, let it expect light, i.e. Christ, and not see it. Because no defiled thing cometh into her, as it was written in Book of Wisdoms 7.25. Nor the rising of the dawning of the day. That is of the Blessed Virgin, who in her birth was immune from original sin. All right? Go think about it. Mr. Number three, come here. Although the Church of Rome does not celebrate the conception of the Blessed Virgin, yet it tolerates the custom of certain churches that do keep that feast. Wherefore, this is not to be entirely reprobated, okay? Nevertheless, the celebration of this feast does not give us to understand that she was holy in her conception. But since it is not known when she was sanctified, when she was sanctified, the feast of her sanctification, rather than the feast of her conception, is kept on the day of her conception. All right, you got a problem with time? Don't worry about it. Mr. Number four, come here. Sanctification is twofold. All right, take your four and fold it into two folds. Okay, okay, here, here he goes. One is that of whole nature, with a W. Inasmuch as the whole human nature is freed from all conception of sin and punishment, this will take place at the resurrection. The other is personal sanctification. This 
is not transmitted to the children, begotten of the flesh. Because it does not regard the flesh, but the mind. Eh? You got a mind? Consequently, though the parents of the Virgin Mary... Consequently, though the parents of the Blessed Virgin were cleansed from original sin, nevertheless, she contracted original sin since she was conceived by way of fleshly concupiscence and the intercourse of man and woman. Okay? Can we agree on that? She got a belly button, you got a belly button, we're all good. For St. Augustine says in the nuptial et conception, paragraph one, all flesh born of carnal intercourse is sinful, period. The end of the second article.